This is the Saturday Side Hustle. I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth. I'm solo today because it's Saturday. Nikki G will be back with me next week for the Inside BS Show. Today's show is a seminar I did in South Florida for 50 professional service providers. During our time together, I take the audience through an exercise on the 10 key drivers of business value. This exercise is designed for them to understand how business owners talk and for them to understand the resources they have in their network to help their clients in a deeper way, provide deeper value for them. Before we get into the exercise, I talk to them about employing leverage and I ask them several questions about their business and I teach them how to qualify the ideal client for their business and get in front of their ideal clients. So enjoy the seminar as we explore business or job, which do you have? Raise your hand if you think you have a business. Well, just about everybody's hands, well, some people's hands didn't go up. All right, so you think you have a business. What is the, what is the definition of a business? Who wants a, who wants a shout out? And you got to shout it out really loud. By the way, I'm recording this. This will be tomorrow's Saturday Side Hustle podcast. So there may be a couple of nuggets here. If you like what you hear and you want to take notes, you can listen to this tomorrow on our podcast, The Inside BS Show with The Godfather and Nikki G. I'm The Godfather, Nikki G, not here today. Um, so what are the characteristics? What are the qualities of a business? You think you have a business. What are the qualities of a business? Take more money in than you spend. Take more money in than you spend. That is a for-profit business. Eric, thank you very much. I appreciate you. That's a good quality of a business. So those of you who said you have a business, let me ask you, your for-profit enterprise, there's nobody here who works for a not-for-profit, right? So you're even not-for-profits have a P&L statement, so, but you're for-profit enterprise. Let me ask you this question. Can it run without you? Can it run without you? Think to you, you don't have to answer me out loud, just think to yourself, can that business run without you? Does your business have self-perpetuating growth? So if you're not out getting the client if you're not out writing blog articles or web articles now, right? Or sending out emails. If you're not out giving speeches, can your business grow without your active involvement? Now here's the third question, okay? I can tell I'm depressing the living crap out of some of you. Does your business have value without you? If you disappeared tomorrow, would somebody pay for what you've built? All right, if you answered no to any of those questions, I'm sorry, you don't have a business. You know what you got? You got a job, you got a job. But there's hope, do not despair. I'm gonna share with you today some things you can do to help convert your job into a business. So let's talk first about running your business without you. Why are you guys here today? Who wants to tell me why you're here? I mean, the food, listen, I, we're, gonna, we're gonna take some stuff off the table. The food is great, okay? 
So you're here for the great food, I got it. Britt, they're here for the great food, okay? So take that off the table. Why, why are you here? What are you looking for? To meet new people. Why do you want to meet new people? To learn more about what they do and what they, that sounds like you're looking to make friends. You, I, I mean, you got a lot of friends. You're not, you're not here. To what? Add clients, okay. Michael, why are you here? To see me. I, listen, I love you, man. I love you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for saying that. Okay. To meet new clients and to get business, right? If you want your business to run without you, you need to learn how to employ leverage, okay? One of the ways you, as a sole practitioner or someone who's the head of this business, the lead person in the business, one of the ways you can employ leverage is getting in rooms with people who are your ideal clients. Now some of you, some of you who are here today are in a room full of your ideal clients. Where, Hakeem is here, right? Where's Hakeem? I saw him, there he is. He's, I think some of his clients, you guys could be his clients. And if you don't know what he does, you gotta talk to him, because he's good, you could probably use him, okay? So some of you are on the right track. Some of you spend a lot of time in rooms with people who are great referral sources for you. And that's good, but that's not employing maximum leverage. You'd be far better off if you were in a room full of people who are qualified to work with you. Now, when I say getting in rooms full of people who are qualified to work with you, what does qualified mean? Eric, you probably know this. When I say people who are qualified, what do I mean by qualified? First of all, they have a, a, a need, number one, the need. First thing they have to have is, is a need, and then after they have a need, they have to have you know, some amount of cash flow or resources in order to compensate you for the services you're about to deliver, or some mechanism that you're gonna have an end goal to be your, their pain costs along the way, and you're gonna get a return you know, at, that, at some pivotal event in the organization. Right, thank you, Eric, good. Put your hands together, Jacques. Put your hands together for Eric. Brave guy volunteering, Jacques, stand up, please. Go ahead. You have to be able to uh, bring solutions to that problem. I love it, so they have to have a need, they have to have a problem you can solve, a need, and the problem you can solve. This is why I wear sneakers. And they have to be in a position to be able to make a decision about the service that you're offering. Okay, all right, we're getting somewhere now, thank you. Uh, what was your name again? Michelle. And what do you do? Um, help companies expand internationally. All right, perfect. So they have to have a need, they have to have a problem you can solve, and they have to have the ability to make a decision. By the way, best conversations I've ever had are with people who have no decision-making authority whatsoever, right? right? You know why? Because they're not gonna buy anything. They feel no threat whatsoever. To continue down the path, it's timing, so it's the right time to make a purchase. All right, there you go. Put your hands together. You guys got it. So a qualified, a person who's qualified, a qualified prospect has a problem you can solve, the ability to make a decision, urgency, urgency, and the fourth thing, what was the fourth thing? Money, money, right? All right. So if you want to convert your sole practitionership, your practice, your professional practice into a business, you gotta shift your business development efforts so that you're spending, I mean, in my mind, I would love you to spend 80% of your time or more 
right now because we're just talking about this, I would say 50% of your time employing leverage to get in front of qualified prospects. Now, when you're going to get in front of them, they don't start out as prospects. They start out as, who knows what they start out as? Suspects. Evan, very good. That's, don't laugh at Evan. He's right. Laugh at yourself. Okay? I call them suspects. Okay? Other people call them the L word, leads. But I like suspects because we suspect, we suspect they might be good for us. Now, how do you determine who's a suspect? How do you figure out who's a suspect when you're looking to get in front of the right people? How do you figure out, there's a trade association, the International Manufacturer Association of Widgets. How do you determine if that's a good place for you to go? Research. All right, all right, all right, all right, stop, okay? Here's how you figure it out. Very easy, it's a shortcut. You look at your clients, and then you decide who your best clients are. And then you say to your best clients, what trade associations do you belong to? And they tell you and you say, can I come with you to the next meeting? And then they're gonna say yes, and you go, and you look around the room and you go, oh my gosh, these are just like people who I wanna work with because I'm with my best client at a trade association that my best client belongs to. Take your best clients and use them as the avatar for all your future clients. You get to choose who you work with. The clients don't choose us, we pick them. So the minute you have a bad client and you're complaining to your spouse or your business partner or anyone who will listen while you're walking the dog that you have this terrible client who's driving you nuts, you know who's responsible for that? Not the client. Tell me who's responsible for that. Yes, 100%, okay? So if you wanna convert this professional practice, this soul practitionership, whatever, this thing that's given you the life that you have, love it or hate it, you wanna convert that into a business the first step is to employ leverage to go and attract more clients and you can employ leverage by looking for your ideal clients and getting in front of them in mass. There are three ways that I tell my professional practice clients to get in front of people in mass in order to demonstrate how good they are so that they can do this one time and it'll result in a lot of work. Who wants to take a shot at the three ways that I love the most? I do, it, I do all three of them all the time, so if you know anything about me, you can probably guess right off the top of your head. What's the first thing you can do? Speak, who said speaking? Thank you, Carmen, yes, speaking, okay? You can get in front of a room full of people. You have instant credibility. You stand in front of a room, you got instant credibility. You know why? You're the only one talking. Works out great that way. Now you got about five minutes, you gotta say something intelligent to capture them, but speaking is a phenomenal way. Now look, it's the number one fear behind terrorism, it's the number one fear of people. Professional speaking is the number one fear people have. So you don't like speaking, there's another thing you can do. Who wants to tell me? Writing. writing. Who said writing? Larry Kay. Give Larry Kay a round of applause. All right. Writing is a great way, but here's the thing. What happens to articles you put on your website? Nothing. That's the point. Nothing happens to articles you put on your website. So if you're going to write articles, where do you need to get articles published? Well, news media, sure, but that's like a spray and pray. Ah, Maria Angelica, she's on it. She knows. That's Maria Angelica, folks. Okay, so yes, if you want to use writing, writing is a phenomenal way to employ leverage in your business development efforts. But 
you should get your articles published in trade association journals or on trade association websites. So if Isidro wants to work with car wash guys, right, people who own car washes, by the way, cash business, Isidro, you want to work with car wash people, right? Yeah, he loves car wash people, I know. Because I called him one time, he was at a car wash convention. See how I remember these things? So Isidro wants to work with people who own car washes. So he's going to write an article about the five mistakes car wash owners make with their businesses that cost them millions of dollars in taxes. That's the title of the article. Isidro is going to write the article and it's going to have seven steps. He's going to give away great information in that article and then he's going to call up the Car Wash Association of America or maybe the Car Wash Association of Bolivia because he's in South America all the time too. So he, he can do it in English and in Spanish. And he's going to say to them, I got this article, I want you to review it, I'll give you a license to publish it on your website if you'd like it, it's free content, I don't want any money for it. You know what happens? They love that stuff. Because trade association websites need content. So if your clients belong to a trade association, there's a huge opportunity for you to write and publish in trade association journals. So in terms of marketing leverage, what's the third way that I love marketing leverage? And there's an A and a B to this. So if you guess either one, you'll be right. The third way to employ leverage in your business development efforts. Think about things that I do. Podcast. Podcast. Podcasts are great. So you can do podcasts or videos. Now here's the thing about podcasts. If you just do a podcast and you release it onto the Apple podcast platform, what happens with it? Nothing, right? Nothing happens. So you gotta take that podcast and send it out to your clients. You gotta take that, that, those videos, send them out to your clients. Does it matter? Does it matter to you or to me how many people listen to our podcast or watch the videos we produce? Does that matter, yes or no? And it's a trick question. Yes? How many people? Does it matter? So if 15 kids from grade school watch your videos, you does it matter? You want the content to be in the right hands. Exactly. Marie Angelica, I'm taking you on the road with me. You want the content to be in the right hands. It doesn't matter how many. It only matters that it gets in front of the right people. And getting that media in front of the right people is your responsibility. So, employing leverage is the way to get in front of people who have, what are the four things again? A problem you can solve, the ability to make a decision, right? Urgency, and what was the fourth one? Money, Money. thank you so much. All right, let's talk about self-perpetuating growth now. Self-perpetuating growth. There's four types of revenue in any business. Some of you may have heard me talk about this before. Anybody want to take a shot at what the four types of revenue are? Okay, so I've heard two. So people, people who've been to the Dave Lorenzo show before are calling them out. Okay, that's great. Let's start with the one that dominates all of our lives. This is transactional revenue, or as I like to refer to it, ad hoc revenue. Ad hoc revenue. What is ad hoc revenue? I go out and find a client. I do the work for the client. I finish the work for the client. Client goes away, never to be seen again. Ad hoc revenue. Let's talk about acquisition intensity of ad hoc revenue. Easy to get or hard to get? Hard to get, really hard. I mean, we, that's what we're trying to do right now. We're here, we got up at four o'clock in the morning, braved all this traffic, Hallandale Beach Boulevard, two school zones. 
trying to find that ad hoc revenue, okay? Acquisition, acquisition intensity is difficult. What about the predictability? Can you tell when you're gonna get your next ad hoc client? Is there a litigator in the house? Is there a litigator here? Anybody do litigate? You do some litigation, right? Do you know? Well, you know because you do family law work. Like litigators can't figure out when, when their next big case is gonna come. What are you gonna do, go out and beg somebody to get sued? I mean, it's gonna happen, you just don't know when. Ad hoc revenue is hard to get and it's not predictable. Second type of revenue, Carmen mentioned it, I think, repeat revenue. What's repeat revenue? Same client, different type of work. You manufacture widgets, the client says to you, I need crankshafts. You go, you know what? I do have the ability to manufacture crankshafts. I'll sell you some crankshafts. Now, repeat revenue is easier to get than ad hoc revenue because there's a level of trust already there, but that client has never seen you manufacture crankshafts before. So it's a little bit more difficult, a little bit more difficult because they have to put their trust in you to see you manufacture the crankshafts. For those of you who are financial service providers, you get a client because they need life insurance and you want them to do a retirement plan with you. You want them to invest in a Roth with you. Totally different thing. But that would be repeat revenue. Life insurance client decides they're gonna do a Roth. That's repeat revenue, okay? Third type is recurring revenue. By the way, repeat revenue, is it predictable? Well, a little bit. If you've got a good process, it's a little bit predictable, okay? Acquisition intensity, well, it's better than ad hoc, but it's not as good as the third. The third one, recurring revenue. Recurring revenue. Same client, same type of work. So you got a client that has a family, and in the family, you're a financial advisor, in the family there's seven brothers. The first brother buys insurance from you. He loves you. You're going to sell insurance to the second brother, to the third brother, to the fourth brother. I would consider that recurring revenue. You're a litigator and you're doing bank work. You're doing real estate owned work, foreclosure litigation. The bank is Bank of America. You got one contact. They send you all their litigation work over and over and over again. Acquisition intensity, very low. It's very easy to acquire that business. The predictability of the revenue, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Recurring revenue is great. And the fourth is passive. What's passive revenue? Give me an example of passive revenue. What'd you say? You write a book. I, okay, I'll take that. You're, I write a book and somebody calls me. That would be great. Rental income, passive, okay, pa that's passive income, sure. My thing with passive, I think referrals are passive revenue. You come here and you're Marie Angelica, you answer seven questions, everybody thinks you're brilliant, they come up to you and they're like, what do you do? And she says, I work for a fractional CFO company and they say, are all the CFOs as bright as you? She says, yes, they're all as bright as me. All of a sudden her phone rings, she gets five or six people that wanna work with her for CFO work, that in my opinion would be passive income, okay? That is passive income, all right? What, of those four, what is most valuable, most valuable in a business? Most valuable in a business? Repeat, recurring, passive, ad hoc. Who thinks passive is most valuable? Raise your hands. One person, all right? Who thinks ad hoc is most valuable? Nobody, thank you. Who thinks repeat is most valuable? A few people, okay. Um, who thinks recurring is most valuable? There you go. 
Why is recurring revenue? Pass them around to make sure everybody has one. Um, why do you think recurring revenue is so valuable? Yell it out. Uh, you got to yell louder than that, one person at a time. What was that? Who said that? You can count on it. It's predictable. When you go to sell your business, or when your clients go to sell their business, they can tell how much they're going to make. Who can tell me generally how the sale of a business is valued? Michael, how, how, do, they, how do you value the sale of a business? How, how, does, how do people, like what's, the, what's the, like the one thing that people look at? Uh, well, there's a couple ways of doing it, but uh, valuation, third party independent appraiser. Well, and what, what's the, what would be like the bottom line when they go to sell, I'm gonna pay you a multiple of? Oh, oh even up. earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, expenses. You're right. So they look at your bottom line, your bottom, bottom line, and you get a multiple of that bottom line. Now, when somebody's doing evaluation, I'm not an accountant and I don't do valuations. I refer that to other people. But when somebody's doing a valuation, they wanna be able to predict what the revenue is. If you have, Philip, thank you so much. If you have two businesses and there's one business where I know I can write down what the revenue is gonna be month in and month out, one business where I know what the revenue is gonna be, and there's one business where I kind of know which business is worth more. The business that where you know. Why am I taking you through all of this? Well, first of all, I want you guys to improve your professional practices. But second of all, I want you to be able to speak the language that entrepreneurs speak. How many of you work with business leaders or entrepreneurs? Raise your hands. Okay. What you're looking at in front of you now are the 10 drivers of business value. Look at these, and this is how you start a conversation with a business owner. I'm sharing this with you today because this is what I do. I'll do it uh, 32, 33 times this year. I'll get in front of a group of CEOs of mid-market companies, 5 million to 300 million in annual revenue. And I take them through a three-hour program, and that this workbook is the three-hour program they fill this in. The back page, the last thing I have them do is look at the 10 drivers of business value. The top one, revenue streams, diversity, and quality is what I just took you through. How much of their business is ad hoc revenue, how much is repeat, how much is recurring, and how much is passive. What I have these folks do, and what I encourage you to do for your professional practice is look at these 10 drivers of business value and prioritize them in order for you to make your business more valuable. I'm gonna share these with you and then to the right is the name of a person that you can count on to help you make your business more valuable in this area. So revenue streams, diversity, and quality. So how much is ad hoc, how much is repeat, recurring, how much is passive. Leadership development and management team retention. This is where your management succession plan goes, okay? A management succession plan is different than an exit plan, all right? You have to have a leadership development program and a management team retention program in your business if you want to drive maximum value. There are several people in the room who could help you with that. Raise your hands if you help with leadership development and management team retention. There you go. 
Okay, look around. The third thing, Eric, this is yours. Operation standard operating procedures. He raised his hand already, perfect. So if you want to sell your business for maximum value, everybody has to know how to do everything in the business. Before a plane takes off, what do the pilot and the co-pilot do? Who said pray? No. <laughs> they follow a checklist. Pilots have flown thousands and thousands of hours before they become a pilot for a major airline, but they follow a checklist every time. Before they land, what do they do? They follow a checklist. When the buzzers go off because there's a problem, what do they do? They follow a checklist. Consider standard operating procedures in your business a checklist for everything. They make your business more valuable because someone can come in and figure out what's going on in any area if you have standard operating procedures. Eric, good or good? Is it good or good? It's good. It's really good. That's what Eric does. So if you, anybody else do this, if you need help with your standard operating procedures, Eric's the guy to call. I used to be in the Air Force, and those guys do thousands and thousands of hours, 7,500 combat hours, they still do the checklist. And if they don't do the checklist, there's, there's actually inspections, and they, people come in, and they miss like one item on the checklist, it's like a major event. So they just spot on, on the, the value of the checklist, which we all right, Eric, you and Marie Angelica are coming on the road with me. Thank you. The third one, human resources, processes, and procedures. You know, I hear a lot of HR people whine about having a seat at the table. You know how much turnover costs? For a business owner who owns a business between $5 million and $300 million in annual revenue, HR has a seat at the table because the 33% or more of that turnover cost, that will fall right to the bottom line. Who here works on human resources, processes, and procedures? Okay, so there are several people here you can count on. Legal exposure. If you're getting sued, it's gonna be really hard to sell your business. If you get sued a lot, it's gonna be really, really hard to sell your business. So assessing legal exposure is critical. Is there somebody here who will assess the legal exposure in a business? Randy, Michael. Larry, okay, great. Brand reputation. All right, we already got hands going up. So brand reputation. You got some crappy reviews online. Go to a trade association, people mention your name and people go like this, Ooh. Bad brand reputation. Very hard to get a good multiple for a business with a bad brand reputation. Sales and marketing systems and support, there you go. I look at that stuff as well. Market, industry, and supplier conditions. This is the one that everybody forgets about. This is the one that everybody forgets about. I worked with a guy in 2009 when I was working exclusively with lawyers who, whose number one client was GM. Who knows what happened to GM? He was the only client, 18 years. He, had, he was doing $800,000 in legal work for GM. Who knows what happened to GM in 2009? They went bankrupt. They filed for bankruptcy protection. All those contracts that this guy was either enforcing or getting them out of, not a problem anymore, okay? That guy's $800,000 went to zero overnight. So industry, supplier, and market conditions, if you're selling to the automotive industry right now, really tough really tough to get things done. 
Why? Strike. Financial conditions and reporting. We got any C CPAs in the house? Oh, yeah, there you go, you guys, right? Fractional CFOs. Okay, there you go. And then cybersecurity risk and information technology system. Where's Cyber Kathy, queen of the cloud? Right there. Okay, great. Number one thing people ask me about after an exit plan, number one thing, cybersecurity. Everybody's scared to death, and they should be. Who knows what happened with the SATs with the college board the other day? Kathy, don't answer. My kid was supposed to take the, the PSATs the other day, and I got a text. You can pick me up early. So I go to pick him up. You know what happened? College board got hacked. Yeah, no SATs. So if it can happen to them, how do you think Joe and Sal's Deli stands a chance? They don't. Okay, so here's what your networking exercise is. You got that paper in front of you. Consider that paper a bingo card. I want you on the left-hand side, those of you who don't have a pen, ask a neighbor. On the left-hand side, I want you to number that, those one through 10 and determine Number one is going to be your ideal referral source in this room, okay? Number one is going to be your ideal referral source in this room. Number 10 is gonna be, well, you know, I might be able to get some work for them, but I can definitely send some work to them. One through 10, and then I want you to fill in a name on the right-hand side of the bingo card. If you are the person who does the thing on the right-hand side, then I would encourage you to make that number 10 and maybe, you know, maybe last meet a person who does the same thing you do. So if there's conflicts or whatever, you could refer business to each other. And then I want you to pick your top three and I want you to schedule one-on-ones with your top three. Give you a little trick for, for being able to capture attention. Here's the trick. First thing you can do is just walk out in the audience. And one of my favorite things to do if somebody's on their phone is just give them a little, like this, right? Yeah, okay? The second thing you can do is incorporate a lot of individual eye contact. There is never anything that's going to engage an audience more than walking around and just looking them in the eye. And as you're looking them in the eye, what you need to think, this is what I tell you, this works. Larry's smiling because he teaches people this all the time. But Larry teaches it in a kinder, gentler way. When I, when I look people in the eye as I'm looking out in the audience, I'm thinking, I own you. Because when I think that, and if I can make you laugh, that is probably the most powerful emotion you can evoke in someone. So if I'm looking out at an audience and I'm looking them in the eye and I'm thinking, I own you. It is very, very easy for me to get your attention. Now the other thing you can do if you don't feel comfortable doing either of those things, just pause a lot, start a sentence, and then wait. You know what that does? What happens if I start a sentence and you know what's gonna come at the end? You finish it in your mind, right? And that's why questions are so powerful. If I wanted to get your attention, all I would have to do is ask you a question and then wait while you thought about the answer. Because if you're thinking about the answer to a question, what are you not doing? Talking. By the way, that's free. So you can take that with you. 
Okay. So who thought that was a valuable exercise? Raise your hand. Great. What positions on that little chart here, on this little chart, what spots did you have trouble filling? Yell them out and we'll find somebody in the room to fill it for you. Which ones did you have trouble filling? Erama, what did you have trouble with? Leadership, de leadership development and, man and management team retention. All right, so leadership development and management team retention. So stand up if you do that. Come on now. There you go, Akeem. Let's get people up. Perfect, Gina Nelson. Gina, the HR genius, by the way, and Akeem. Human resources. Yes, well, you put her under human resources. She could do that too, and Monica could do that too. Okay, thank you very much. Sit down. What else did you have trouble with? Who had trouble with other stuff? Go ahead, sir. Revenue streams, that's me. Anybody else do that? All right, Dave Lorenzo. I'm here all week. Who's got a birthday? Who's got a bachelor party? No, revenue streams is me. I do that, I do that. What else? Ah, brand reputation, there you go. All right, there you go, take a bow. That's nice, all right. Rafael. Okay, uh, Jacques as well. So Jacques is, a pro is, a, is an investigation company. So if you want somebody to do due diligence, okay, Jacques will help you do due diligence. He'll check people out. You'll know more than you ever wanted to know about them. Final point for this exercise, and then we'll go to any announcements that you have. And by the way, announcements are open to personal or business, anything you want to tell us, keep it clean. If you like to get in front of people who work in all of these, who need help with all of these areas, or if you want to get in front of people who need help with one of these areas. Nicola Gellarmino and I have started a new business called the Exit Success Lab. You'll see in the bottom portion of your sheet there, exitsuccesslab.com. That's where you're going to go, by the way, to register for breakfast from now on, exitsuccesslab.com forward slash events. That's where all the events are. What we're doing is this. It's very, very simple. We're taking great professionals like all of you and we're connecting them with entrepreneurs who need their help. I am doing the revenue stream work. I'm doing some of the sales and marketing work, but candidly, I have a, I have a really good friend, uh, Michael knows him in Chicago, who does sales and marketing training, who I'd love to transition that work to. But the revenue stream work, I really, I really enjoy doing. So I go in there and I do an entire audit of all of these, and then we're looking to bring in professionals just like all of you. What we're doing is for the next three months, we're training all of you on some of the things that I taught earlier this morning. There's a method to my madness, right? I didn't teach that stuff because I need the practice, although I could always use the practice. That wasn't why I did it today. I did it because I want you to see some of the concepts we're sharing with professionals to help them build real businesses out of their practices and get out of having just a job. So if you want to train over the next three months to be a subject matter expert, if you want to learn how to use thought leadership and leverage in order to attract clients to you, if you want to learn how to develop a practice that can run without you so that you can go to the Bahamas for weeks at a time and count your money, well, maybe the Caymans is better, right? Go to the Caymans <laughs> and count your money, then you might want to consider taking a look at ExitSuccessLab.com. There's two big red buttons on the home page. The one that says Professionals, that's for you. Click it and you can read there about what we're doing. After the training program, we're going to bring 
a ton of entrepreneurs and all the people that I've been speaking to this year. I'm probably going to do 70 of these half-day seminars for Vistage next year, Vistage, EO, and the Canadian uh, group, McKay uh, CEO Forums. I'm traveling all over the place. We're doing two big events. We need speakers in all your areas for the two big events. We're doing video programs. If, uh, if you're a member of the community and we select you to do a video training, you get to keep the training, use it in your practice. We'll use it behind a firewall for our stuff to teach people. You develop the business, all the business you develop, you keep. It's a way for us to take what we do here for all of you and put you in front of actual clients. I love, I love the networking group that we're all a part of. I love, uh, most of us are a part of. I love it. I've made some of my best friends there. I've gotten business there. I refer people there all the time. The one thing that's missing is direct clients. So what's the way to start a really good business? Figure out what's missing and provide it. So that's what Nicola and I are doing. If you want to learn how to use the things we talked about today, ExitSuccessLab.com. If you want to be put in front of those direct clients, ExitSuccessLab.com, the big red button, click on the professional one. You can click on the entrepreneur one, but that's not for you. Thanks for joining us today for this special seminar on business or job, which do you have? We'll see you back here tomorrow for the Sunday special. If you like what you heard today, please share the show with a friend, share it with another entrepreneur. The only way the show grows is through word of mouth. So we appreciate you sharing this show with others. I'm Dave Lorenzo, the godfather of growth. Thanks for joining us. Here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.